I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, February 1st, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Happy February, Jay. This is, in my opinion, the last month of winter. I think we've got March is kind of in between. I look at March as an in-between, a, a transitory month. It's like inflation. It's transitory. And then April is spring. And so I think we're there is hope ahead. I think you forget every year that actually the transitory month is April. But I like the optimism. We'll go with February. Yeah, I know. Well, there's a lot. I have a lot of optimism right now because Canada beat the U.S. for the first time since 1980 in soccer in the World Cup qualifying yesterday. This was, I guess, after we recorded. So it was on. Yeah, it was on Sunday. Uh, and it's very exciting. It's looking very likely that Canada will go to the World Cup for the first time in a long time. Have you been searching flights to Qatar? Yeah, well, okay, so I've been trying to figure out how to go because I will go, but it's actually harder than you think. I think what I'm going to end up having to do is to stay in a uh, a tent, a little bit of a glamping scenario. Are you serious? <laughs> you have to, I, yeah, I swear, because they have sanctioned like places that you can stay for the World Cup, but the cheapest one are these glamping scenarios. But my only concern is that it might turn out to be a, a bit of a World Cup fire festival where I end up going and there's no food available. And, you know, it's a it isn't it a supposed to be mess. like in the mid 40s in Qatar that time of year? Well, it's no, it, they moved it to no, to the to the winter. So it's November to December. So it's only mid 30s, Jay. It's very bearable. Uh, but, <laughs> sounds but, like a good, it sounds like a good temperature to be in a tent. But I will say just, you know, to finish this off, there is good reason to go. One, because Canada's qualifying, and so it's almost a once-in-a-lifetime, well, hopefully not a once-in-a-lifetime moment. Hopefully it's a a regular occurrence. But the second reason is you can go to all the games because all the stadiums are within driving distance from each other. Whereas if you go to the World Cup in the U.S. or Brazil or wherever, you got to fly around all over the place. So anyways, you know, hopefully Canada defeats El Salvador, they go to the World Cup, and I'll be attending with them in my glamping tent. I've been to several World Cup games. It's awesome. So... While you may be staying in a tent, it'll be well worth the travel. Brett, aside from (laughs) World Cup soccer, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, patent pending. For our second story, new airline just dropped. And for our third story, brands meet the metaverse. For our first story, BlackBerry is selling tens of thousands of patents for $600 million to a single company to turn its focus towards its core business, cybersecurity and software used by automakers. It's been a while since they've made money from smartphones, Brett. What's BlackBerry up to since they, well, continued all of their phones, which we covered last month? Well, it's a good question. So here's the background on on BlackBerry in case you forget from when we last covered it. The company has adapted its entire business model towards software and security services. In their 2021 fiscal year, BlackBerry made the majority of its revenue from the software and services segment, a major shift from earlier in the decade when devices, those little phones with the keyboards, were the biggest source of revenue. And the reason why is because BlackBerry CEO John Chen believes the company's shift to cybersecurity and the auto industry could offer stronger, long-term rewards to shareholders. Which is why they're shedding even more parts from the business. The Waterloo-based company is Canada's biggest patent holder. Get this, Brett, 38,000 patents. And they cover mobile instant messaging, wireless networking, and social collaboration tools. Now, BlackBerry is selling most of them to Delaware-based Catapult IP Innovations, a special purpose vehicle, after launching its search for buyers two years ago. Another reason for the sale is that even though BlackBerry has been able to make money by striking licensing deals for its IP with other companies, like for example, they make Facebook pay for Facebook Messenger because it uses BBM patents, analysts tend to underplay the value of IP to a company's stock as its revenue can be inconsistent. So Brett, I guess the question is, will BlackBerry's patent sale pay off? So John Chen, the CEO of BlackBerry, certainly believes so. 
The share price has been hovering around the $10 mark, and he's looking for a much-needed lift, and he thinks that selling off these patents will give it just that by earning the company an additional $600 million. For our second story, a new Canadian airline called Lynx Air has emerged as new competition between low-cost airlines and its larger counterparts, Air Canada and WestJet, heats up. Jay, a new airline just dropped. What's up with Lynx? I don't like to use the word airline and dropped at the same sentence. So let me just say Calgary-based Lynx Airlines began selling tickets to seven routes involving five cities that are scheduled to take off in April. The ultra-low-cost carrier, which in the vernacular is ULCC, will compete with between three and five airlines per route. By May, it aims to operate 76 flights per week along seven routes servicing Vancouver, Kelowna, Calgary, Winnipeg, and Toronto. This ULCC model isn't actually new. It's actually very popular in Europe. You might have taken Ryanair or Wizz Air, and now they're trying to take that same model and apply it to Canada. Lynx is the latest to launch in an increasingly competitive market vying for these budget travelers, which includes WestJet's Swoop, Air Canada's Rouge, and independent Flair Airlines. But while most startups and budget airlines seek to serve underserved markets, Lynx Air CEO Marin MacArthur has said the ULCC doesn't want to take share away from its competitors. Rather, they're operating on the model that more price-based competition will help grow the market, meaning more people will be flying while offering travelers more choice. Bro, it's kind of interesting that ULCCs make up only around 12% of Canada's market versus over 40% in Europe. Part of this is because of Canada's high landing fees and the requirement that Canadian airlines operating domestic routes must be owned by a majority of Canadian shareholders. So Brett, what's the takeaway from Lynx Air? While ULCCs could make Canadian air travel more affordable, Lynx isn't the first to try this historically Canada's been a bit of a graveyard for these types of airlines, including Canjet and Jetsco. And by the way, in both of these instances, the airlines canceled thousands of tickets suddenly as they were going out of business. So it's a bit of a buyer's beware on these if these airlines will be around in the future. It's the second flight story we've covered because we covered the private jet cancellation story. For our last story, consumer brands like Walmart and Procter & Gamble are jumping on the metaverse bandwagon, even though the concept is still a bit fuzzy for many people. Another day, another metaverse story. Brett, what's going on in the metaverse now? I'm telling you, NFTs and metaverse are the two hottest words in the English language right now. And Walmart and P&G, they want a piece of that action. Walmart, one of the world's largest retailers, and P&G, the world's largest consumer packaged goods CPG company, are preparing a push into the metaverse a set of virtual experiences that combines our real life and digital worlds to secure their own spots in this future virtual world that doesn't even exist yet. <laughs> Walmart filed seven trademark applications that cover virtual goods you might come across in the retailer's shelves, like furniture, decor, electronics, personal care, and sporting gear. And a separate filing, Walmart said it would offer users virtual currency and non-fungible tokens. Meanwhile, P&G's first step into the metaverse will be through the Beautisphere which allows for visitors to virtually interact with P&G's portfolio of beauty brands like Olay from the comfort of their desktops. Although Walmart's filing signal that it's just testing the ideas for now, it could be a sign that big box retailers envision a future where more people are interested in virtual goods and potentially buying them with virtual currency. And P&G's virtual experiences are a bid to attract and engage a generation of consumers who could be more difficult to reach through traditional channels such as TV. The data backs up P&G's plan. 60% of Gen Z shoppers in the U.S. think brands should sell their products on metaverse platforms such as video games, and 75% of them have even bought a virtual product. Jay, why does it matter that P&G and Walmart are getting into the metaverse? 
Well, high-end designers to big box retailers, bands, they're all dipping their toes into the metaverse to better engage consumers and as a way to stay competitive in the retail market. It'll be years before we overcome some of the tech hurdles that will make the metaverse a reality, but that's not stopping retailers from planting their flags in the emerging technology. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, happy February. <laughs>